0: Hey everyone, welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. And do you see my hair? Do you see this? I haven't washed it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Let's see. Saturday would have been seven days. So eight, nine, I'm on 10 days right now.
1: No, I washed my hair on Sunday. But the rain yesterday when we, we, Gavin had a baseball game that ended, got called off early because of the lightning. And then by the time we got home, it was pouring. Wow. Um, and then I had Pilates this morning. And so this is a crazy, oh my God, it's everywhere.
0: Yeah, no, mine's just 10 days without a wash right now. So I have been showering. I just haven't been washing my
1: hair. <laughs> <laughs> add the clarification. I am clean.
0: I am clean. I just haven't been washing my hair. Um, how was your weekend?
1: It was good. What did we do? Oh, Saturday, you know. I don't know what the hell happened to my back.
0: Yeah. What did you do? I woke
1: up and I was fine and Gavin wanted pancakes for breakfast. So I was in the kitchen and I like just took like a deep breath and felt some weird like pop in my upper back, like where my bra line is and was like, the hell? Nope. Nope. I'm done. So I put... Uh, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to lay flat. Cause usually when I have like a back pain or something, if I lay flat, like on a hard floor, Mm -hmm. it'll fix it. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to get stuck if I lay on the floor. So I'm going to get in Shane's recliner because at least then like it can go back for me and it can help me get up. Right. So I got in his recliner and that's where I spent the entire day. Um, Shane had already left to set the football fields up for their game. And so Gavin brought me my heating pad that you actually gave me when I did um, our second egg retrieval. Um, So I sat on the heating pad in Shane's recliner for the entire day and woke up Sunday and was like, it never happened. So I have no idea. But I'm
0: like, old age. You know you're
1: old when (laughs) you throw out your back breathing.
0: Breathing. (laughs) I can't breathing
1: yeah so that happened Saturday so I did nothing so I missed Gavin's football game um we just did nothing Shane went when they got home from the game we just ordered food Gavin had his friend sleep over and I literally didn't get out of the recliner until I went to bed um Sunday I just did laundry and Gavin had baseball practice and then Shane grilled some burgers and that was it what about oh you had uh Brooke Marie and Clayton
0: yeah I had the kids this weekend um which I mean I love having them they're like my favorite little humans but kids are exhausting I mean I know I don't have them but like Saturday we had fun I went to Clayton's football game and then we went grabbed pumpkins and we went back we carved pumpkins I should post pictures of all the pumpkins we carved and then we just kind of hung out at home we ordered like pizza for the kids or whatnot. And we, Crowley came over to carve with us as well. So, um, and my neighbor came over for a little bit. So we just kind of hung out at the house um, and then they went to bed. And then Brooke Marie was in our room at like 5.30 in the morning, like pouting. So I got up out of bed and I laid on the couch with her. She went right back to sleep, but Clayton was up. So I stayed up, we watched Mighty Ducks. Um, which he never saw. And it's so funny to watch these like old movies that like mm-hmm. we loved as a kid that they're just looking at like he was just looking at it like, What the hell is this? Because oh no,
1: Shane's favorite thing to do is like, Oh my gosh, this movie when I was a kid was my favorite. And Gavin is like, What kind of quality?
0: Yeah, like the outfits, the music, like it was just everything, it was, but it was nostalgic see, like, and
1: the quality of it though, like right. it's like fuzzy almost, and you're like, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the nostalgic of it was you know, there for me. But even I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is awful. So we watched Mighty Ducks one and two while we waited uh, for Haley to pick them up. And then I was going to make them pancakes because he wanted pancakes. But as you know, I'm gluten free. So I don't have regular flour and I don't have pancake mix. So I was like, I can bake gluten free pancakes. So because my gluten free uh, flour is potato based, (laughs) it was like fry bread, but also tastes like mashed potatoes. so was Clayton like what the hell is this so, shit you're serving so I only made <laughs> I only made two and I tried it and I was like it's not bad but it's super weird so Clayton which I was surprised because you know how he has like his food aversion sometimes I was like just try a bite and he tried a bite and he's like no 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 and I was like see I don't think it's that bad but yeah it's not a pancake so. well when you're
1: a little kid <laughs> That is not a pancake.
0: No. So needless to say, he didn't Four get pancakes. Days. Yeah. Needless to say. So they had some just like snacks. I think he ate some like apricots and um, whatnot. Like he didn't want eggs or anything. He went so. home and he
1: was like, mom, if you ever send me back to Mickey and John's, <laughs> you need to send food with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So after they left, I went back to sleep. I didn't wake up till like one thirty, and I was supposed to go to brunch. And thankfully oh, yeah, I texted Kat brunch. earlier and I was like, hey, I didn't, you know, I'm not feeling great. Um, you know, lack of sleep or whatever. Kids were sick um, because they were coughing and snotty all weekend, of course. So I passed out and didn't make its brunch, which I felt awful about. But Kat's just, you know, she's awesome. She's like, I totally understand. So her and I are going to reschedule to get together another time. But yeah, I pretty much slept the whole day away on Sunday because I was just exhausted. Um, Because we were up, you know, we went to bed early on Friday, but we were up early to get Clayton ready, clean the house for the open house. So I didn't have time to like really like rest, I guess. So
1: yeah, no kids that was, are exhausting. Yeah. And so. I only have one. Yeah. But there's so. always something and somebody always needs something. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So um so on another note, um I, I I mentioned
0: this to you briefly earlier and I was like, we should probably just talk about this on the podcast. Um Michelle, who we interviewed, uh on the podcast, reached out to me a couple of weeks ago um, because she knows I've been looking for therapy for like the last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> because and I just haven't had the luck. So she reached out to me and she was like, Hey, um, how's it going? And I was like, Well, and I gave her the rundown about how nobody returns my phone calls or insurance won't pay for it, even though it says that they take my insurance. But when I talk to the therapists, they're like, Oh no, we don't take insurance. So she kind of gave me a rundown of how that all works. And she's like, A lot of therapists are are kind of stopping using insurance companies because they restrict them on what type of therapies they can do. So right. she just got certified in a therapy called RTT, which is, hold on, called um, Rapid Transformational Therapy. And she paid a lot of money to do it. She started using it on her clients. And what it is, it's, it's the person who created it, I did a shit ton of research yesterday on it, Um, believes in not not having clients go through this long process of fixing whatever the issues may be, whether it's trauma, anxiety, whatever. And she takes a rapid approach where it's kind of hy- hypnotherapy and they work with your subconscious. So you go into like hypnosis basically, and they do like regression periods where you talk about certain things in you know childhood, teenage years, whatever it may be. And then uh, it's all recorded and you get like a 20 minute recording of the session that you have and you have to oh, listen wow. to it for- her- for 21 days after that. So it's basically resetting your mind. And uh, from the research and the testimonials I read, there are people who have cured like autoimmune diseases because of it, because their bodies, the way that it works is with stress and anxiety and depression and all these different things, your body creates these symptoms. Right. right. So you're able to kind of reset it. So because I've also talked to her about my my recent issues with the Hashimoto's and how I've been having those super low depressive, you know, moments or days. Right. So she actually is finishing up the autoimmune pro- part of this to you know continue her certification. So she has offered to have me find a therapist here or I can work with her. And I was like, you know what, Look, this is easy enough. Let me just work with
1: you. Yeah. Um, well, and you know her and you have a relationship with her. I think yeah. that's one of the hardest things like finding a therapist is something that's so personal because you are going to share things with this person that you don't normally share with other people. Right. And they're going right. to ask you really invasive questions. And so I feel like trusting somebody with that information is, mm-hmm. can be a little bit. And if you get the wrong therapist,
2: you're you know, to and one. They're
1: giving you well, and they're giving you advice and they're telling you to do things. And if they're giving you something that's wrong or, right. They're misinformed or something. I just feel like that kind of thing. It's it's having somebody you know and trust is huge, right?
0: So I kind of go back and forth with that. I'm like, I kind of want somebody I don't know, but at the same time, I you know I trust her. I know her. Um, she made a comment to me yesterday that kind of like resonated really well, and it was um, when you have an issue, you go to the doctors. They'll give you a medication, right? Or they'll tell you to do this for a couple days or do what? She goes when people think about therapy or they think about their mental health, you don't go, people shun the idea of going to a therapist. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of right. Like I'm the first person to go, okay, something's wrong. I'm very self-aware. Um, and that was the other thing we talked about. It's like, I'm very self-aware. I don't necessarily believe. I don't want to say I believe, I think everybody can benefit from therapy. I don't like the idea of going every week talking, you know, like almost like having vent sessions. Cause you know, me, I don't like to stew in my shit. So she making this suggestion, because here's the thing, it's one session and I don't have to do any other sessions after yeah. that. Like the way that this therapy works, it's for people who again don't want to stew in their shit continuously. She also explains a little bit more expensive just in case anybody else is interested in, in researching it. It is a little bit more expensive because of the certification for it. It's like a program to get certified for. but in comparison, if somebody who goes six, seven, eight years of therapy, think of all the money they well, spend, yeah, the cost that you're yeah. spending on. So yeah. uh, she's going to work up um, what it would cost for me to do it with her remotely. Um, but she had also offered to come visit Boston. Um, so she might piggyback with my sister um, and do it here in person because she w- she said that she'd rather do it in purpose- person because she could do like Reiki and all these other things with it, too. So right. I'm kind of excited. So I'll keep When you guys is your sister updated. coming. So she's supposed to, they were thinking about, um, her and Ev were thinking about Thanksgiving, but it's still kind of up in the air. So if it's not Thanksgiving, it's going to be in December before the end of the year. Oh, fun. Yeah. So Michelle was like, I know that she's like, I don't want you to be like, hey, I got to wait another two weeks. I'm like, I've already been sitting in this for however long. So, you know, it is what it is. I go and it doesn't affect me every day. If it was something that was affecting me every day, I might say, okay, Michelle, let's get this done sooner. I go, but I've been fine, except for whatever it was last Sunday. So Anyways, I thought that was cool. I thought that was very nice of her. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And I'm excited. So she also gave me a book to read in the meantime to learn about it. If anybody is interested, um, it's by uh, Marissa Pier, and it's called "The Lies We Tell Ourselves" or "The Lies You Should Tell Yourself." Tell yourself. Well, I'll I'll give it to you to put in the show notes. <laughs> um, but I started reading that uh, this morning for a little bit. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's that. So I guess we can. Switch gears. Switch gears. <laughs> Let's talk about Jill and work- working working wash
1: Holy crap! This concept, and you know, I don't even have a dog, and I was like, "This is genius!" Like, isn't this it is amazing? A, her concept, and I, I don't want to like give too much away because I like for our guests to tell them to tell you themselves what they do and why they do it and all of that stuff. But holy crap, she she's created something really great. Right. And I I
0: love, I didn't know what I learned. And she'll talk about this too, that her current dog was her first dog. I, based on her experience and how she's treated my animal, my dogs, like you would think she was a dog owner her whole life. So I love that new part of her that I got to see. Like I just got a dog because I moved to Austin and that's what people do. Cause <laughs> that's, that is what people do. Right. Um, so yeah, she has some great, great the, the idea is, is genius. And like I said, we don't want to give too much away, but, um, hearing her, you know, go through the process, what was it? Four and a half years of where she is and how she's continuously thinking about expanding and, you know, making changes and also taking care of herself. Like I know, and she'll talk about this, but I know, you know, one of the things is it, it unfortunately she had to get hurt for her to be like, okay, I need a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I think it was, you know, it sucks, but I think it's kind of a thing that happens to all of us. We don't necessarily give us ourselves grace and time and boundaries and all these things until something dramatic or traumatic happens. Right. So yeah.
1: No, I definitely agree with that, that we, we live in this world of go, go, go hustle. Um, that nobody takes the time that they need. And I tell my husband this all the time. I'm like, you are going to just fall over one day. Because you just go all day, every day. I mean, he left the house this morning at 4 a.m. Yeah. I know. I'm like, you, yeah, you're going to fall over one day because like you, you make yourself so busy. And I understand, you know, with my husband, you know, what's going on with work and whatnot. So, but at some point, like you have to be like, you know what? I can't take this job. Right. Or I can't do this right now. This is going to have to wait and piss somebody off. Because, yeah, no, you, the, something's gonna happen, and, like, he's, like, I can't get sick. I, I go, because he, he has to go to work sick, because he's, like, I don't get to take sick days. And I'm, like, at some point, something's gonna happen, right? Like, Jill broke her leg. Mm-hmm. Like, something's gonna happen. Right. Where it's the universe is, like, stop. Yeah, the
0: universe is forcing you to
1: and do calm nothing. the fuck down. Yeah. yeah, and so, I don't know, I just. yeah so she I know I get her to shift her her focus and her business and her hours um so I just I do think it was really interesting that she shared that and like that was her takeaway too right she's like it was my whatever telling me I need to I need to stop what I'm doing like yeah yeah
0: um I know I've mentioned this before but and I've been doing kind of some research on it because I I like to understand where we get this mentality like I'm all for having a strong work ethic and I think over the years I've learned that oh she said a great thing and I don't want to give it away because it's in it's in the thing but she says something that she um that she refers to and it it kind of that also stuck with me too because um and I'm not going to say it here right because I want (laughs) I don't want to ruin it for everybody but you got to take care of yourself. And one of the things I learned, and, and I know this might be repetitive in the past, but like I did the same thing when I was at my firm, I made myself sick, but there is this glorifying thing about working so much, right? Like it's a glamorous thing that we set for ourselves. Oh, I'm working. Oh, I'm working. I got up earlier. I'm working late. Something about it yeah. is embedded in our brain to do that, to, to have that work ethic. But you need to also have that same ethic when it comes to your mental health. And your physical yeah. health.
1: Well, and I mean, I agree that some people feel that way, but like I'm gonna use my husband as an example. He definitely does not think it's glamorous to say I'm working. Oh, all the I time. don't think that he thinks uh, it but is. there I'm are just people saying. who right. yeah, I mean, I definitely think that employees or they think that like I'm gonna show you that I'm gonna work the hardest or I'm gonna work the most because I want that promotion or I want that raise. But I'm like, just because you're always working, is it because you have so much to do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: or because you're not efficient, you're not being
0: efficient. <laughs> in what you're yeah. doing. So, right,
1: but no, I definitely like there, there are people who just have too much on their plate. Um,
0: Which is, and, it, and I'm not keep, downplaying yeah. that either, but I do think that we're starting to get into, and I I know the younger generation, if you spend time on TikTok, they talk about it all the time, like quiet quitting is like a huge thing, but um, it's just this idea of working yourself to the point where you're not getting the reward or you're not getting those promotions, but you're still expected to work in a way that's overworking, right? Like it's not yeah. an easy, it's, it's not an easy concept to, to grasp for me. Like I, and I was that person, I'm going to say it. Like I was that person. Like if I do this, if I work these hours, if they see me working, they're going to know they're going to pay me more than to do this. And at the end of the day, even when I was getting paid a lot, it wasn't worth it because I was sick. I made yeah. myself sick. So I think it's, 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 it's a tough thing to be in that position and then having to get hurt or sick for it to come to fruition that like, Hey, you need to slow down and take a break.
1: Yeah. Well, I also do think that there is a difference in that feeling of being an employee and being a business owner. I feel like as an employee, right. It's easier to be like, I don't need to work this hard for you. Right. Right? Cause I, I use, I mean, I, I work all the, I mean, when I had a a job I just left in March, but at any job I've ever had, I was always like the dependable employee. Like, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter what day it is. If you need something done, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to do it.
0: Right.
1: Um, as an employee, but like as a business owner, sometimes you don't have the option to be like, I'm going to ignore right. this person right now. So I know. And think I get that. that. Is, yeah. As an employee versus a business owner, I right. think that it, it is definitely, there's different,
0: but you still have the responsibility to yourself to take care of you.
1: Well, it's setting your own boundaries, which we right. talked about in this episode, too. Um, and I love that her apology was not she's not going to apologize for setting those boundaries, because especially as a business owner and right. I have this conversation with my husband all the time. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> like You have been talking about my personal shit for a long time. Stop. <laughs> but setting boundaries, it's it's saying right. Like, And in Jill's case, she's like, I was open seven days a week. And so she was like, I'm going to be closed on Sunday now. And so it's just setting right those those boundaries of being, whether you're an employee or a business owner, right? Like, you know, I'm not going to work between the hours of five and six or six and seven or whenever you have dinner with your family, right? Like I'm going to put my phone away and this is going to be our family time. Or like as an employee being like, you pay me for 40 hours a week. That's what you hired me to do. I'm going to work my 40 hours. And if something comes in at eight o'clock at night, I'll get to it first thing in the
0: morning. Yeah, I actually just had this conversation with somebody at work yesterday because they asked me to hop on a call and I was like, I gotta be done at 4.30. And she was like, all right, I don't wanna keep you too long. I was like, I'm just letting you know, I don't necessarily have anything going on. I just kind of set this boundary for myself to be done by 4.30. If we need to do stuff or work needs to get done, like I'll stay, which I ended up staying till on the phone till like six, but I was actually doing something I was interested in. But I did say to her, like, this is how I want to work like and this is a yeah. boundary I've set for myself. Um and probably more so when I was dealing with clients maybe not so much internal stuff, but I did speak that out and I was like, ooh, I'm proud of myself. I, I said something like here's my boundary. I'm done at 4 30. I started at 7 30 today like that. I'm done. So
1: yeah. So and that's my that that's always my biggest thing is that I don't have boundaries. And that was the biggest complaint that I had at my last job while I loved at the time what i was doing i think what ended up really consuming me and like making me not want to be there was the fact that if if a client needed something and i was working in the mortgage industry and i understand people go do open houses and you know want to put offers in at night or the weekends because you know they're working during the day but like it was me being asked to do something every weekend and i would be at Gavin's football game talking to clients and i finally got to the point where i'm like i'm not the loan officer i'm the assistant And I want to be helpful, but at some point, like he, you're with your kids, right? You don't work on the weekends because you know, you're with your kids. I'm being asked to do this stuff. Well, what about my, my family? Right. There would be people who, you know, six o'clock at night, because again, they've worked all day. Now they're going to, you know, work on their house stuff. And it's like, Hey, I want to put an offer. I need an approval letter. And it's like, I'd be making dinner or eating with my family and be like, hold on guys. I got to go walk off. And so I think that, And I never had that conversation with my boss. So that is completely 100% my fault, where I know conversations in the past that I had had with him, if I had said to him, like, hey, we need to alternate every other weekend or like one weekend a month, I'm on or something like that. Or, you know, in the evenings, because there would be times where I would come in and he would say things to me like, hey, I saw you did X, Y, and Z over the weekend. You know, you don't have to do that. But it's the feeling of me like... If Mm -hmm. somebody asks me to do something, like I was never told you have to do this. It was like, somebody would be like, I'm trying to put an offer. I need an approval letter. I need an updated approval letter. And the feeling of like, oh my God, you're not going to get this house because I didn't do it. So Mm -hmm. it was the pressure that I put on myself. But then again, like, yeah, I would come in on money. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that you did that. But like, you don't have to do everything that like, he would always tell me like, you have to set that. And I never did. And that was ultimately one of the biggest reasons why I left that job is because I couldn't figure out how to set boundaries for myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, I, I have to,
0: I have right. to walk well, away. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I took email off my phone this year. Because I would get emails from clients in California eight o'clock at night. It's their six o'clock. They're still working and still right. testing things. And I would find I would put the pressure on myself and like, oh, I gotta fix this for them so they can do their work. Yeah. Um, and then I when January came around this year, I was like, Nope, taking it off, done, not doing it. No email. I'll keep my teams on. Right. Mm-hmm. If something internal comes up, absolutely. I don't mind answering that, but I'm not yeah. I don't want client type stuff coming through.
1: No, and I had actually before I quit, I had taken email off my phone, like the month leading up to before I left. And I would tell, you know, specific realtors, ones that like brought us a lot of business or a lot of referrals. And I would say, Hey, I don't have email on my phone anymore. If you need something urgent, please text or call me. Otherwise I don't, I won't see it till I'm back in the office. And I found once I did that, people were less likely to bother you because it's, it's that if it's something urgent, Mm-hmm. After hours, let me know and I'll get to it. Um, but I do feel like that helps. So I, I I, definitely feel like as an employee, as a business owner, like you do have to set those boundaries or you will have burnout or and you will, right? Like I left a job and now like, right, I've taken, been gone for a while. And now I'm like, was that the right decision?
0: Right. But it's like I, I mean, actually texted time-
1: him yesterday and I was like, hey, how are you? <laughs> like just because, yeah, yeah it was like, I let that kind of consume me, but now like looking back, like if I had done X, Y, and Z, maybe I would have been happier, mm-hmm. but anyway.
0: Yeah. That's neither here nor there, right? <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda, as we Engine all say. on
1: Boundaries, wow. <laughs> Clearly we're passionate here about that.
0: Yeah. All right. So anyways, as we, um, Prepare you guys or just prepared you guys for this episode. We have a couple things that we always like to tell you before we leave. So if you want to chat with us, give us feedback, um, you can always get us on Instagram at Unlikely to Apologize Podcast or our um private private Instagrams. I'm Nikki underscore camps.
1: And I'm Heather Lynn Flores.
0: You can also email us at hello at unlikely to apologize.com.
1: And as always please, please, please rate us and review us because that is the only way for you to tell iTunes that you like what you hear so it can bump us up in our category so other people can find us.
0: Yeah, it's also another spin to this. I thought about this the other day. It also helps us get these women's stories out there.
1: Yeah.
0: And I want to continue to remind you that like, if you're enjoying these stories, and you find them to be helpful to you, or you you resonate or relate to them in any way, shape or form, there's probably other women out there who would feel the same. So if you rate review, it helps us share these women's stories. Um, Yeah, so also, I guess that's-
1: Wow. We started doing random giveaways in our stories. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So pay so attention to our stories. we've
1: done um, Starbucks or not Starbucks, just coffee in general. Like it was a Venmo. I Venmoed people. Nikki did Amazon. So follow us on Instagram. We are not very active. So we're not going to like blow you up with like a million stories a day. We only post, you know, I think four days a week. So we're not like blowing up your feet or anything, but we do giveaways now that are fun and random and I love them. So follow us on Instagram for that. Yeah.
0: So with that being said, we hope you guys enjoy this episode and we'll talk next week. Bye everyone. Bye. Hey Jill, thanks for joining us
1: today. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, nice to meet you. I feel like I've heard so much about you. Um, (laughs) I hope all good. Yes.
0: (laughs) I talk about you all the time because I think what you've done with your business is like truly like genius. So um, and just so everybody knows, this is Jill Jessica. She's here uh, in Austin. She runs a um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to let you talk about it. I don't know why I just started. So
2: have at it. (laughs) Well, we've known each other a long time and <laughs> um, yeah working with is the country's only dog daycare indoor dog park and shared office space or co-working space um, all rolled into one combined concept
1: that is amazing so i want to know what does all of that mean uh,
2: <laughs> it's a great question um, i basically just picked a bunch of stuff that i wanted as a first time dog owner cuz that's what everyone is always the most surprised about. Is I got my I got Luca at 29 years old, having never owned a dog before, and uh, I had had cats my whole life. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> I always say like this story started. And I lived in Chicago. I had been doing freelance social media for like eight years, and I was living in Chicago. And I didn't know what co working was. I just know that all of my friends had like your typical nine to five, and I was super bored as a freelancer, like just at home. So I looked up coworking and I was like, this is awesome. I can go to a place and meet other people that are in a similar situation to me. And so I started doing that and um, I started trading social media services for like doing some admin operational stuff.
1: So mm-hmm. I would like
2: greet people and I would talk to them about memberships and do all that kind of stuff and then I got sick of being cold. So <laughs> I moved to Austin in 2017. And at first I, I, I was like, I'm a little, like, I don't really know people. I don't know how to meet people. And and everyone's advice was the same, which was to go get a dog. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. I'll go do that. That's <laughs> funny. Like known as like
0: the dog central of the country, I feel like, or at least Texas, like you can bring your dogs everywhere
2: yeah and i was so so confused i was like oh that's it go get a dog okay (laughs) (laughs) I, i went to austin animal center and i got luca and then i was still freelance and so i had her and i was working from home but she was a puppy and so she was like chewing my computer cords or like jumping on me during zoom calls. And I was like, this is not it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I looked at co-working here cause I was familiar, but when I went downtown um, I just, I felt bad cause she was crated at home and, and the memberships that they were selling at the time were like for a whole month. And I was like, I just don't feel like this has a lot of flexibility for what an actual pet parent, especially of a puppy would need. Like I want to be there for a few hours and then go home to her and like have the flexibility to do what i needed and it just wasn't an option so i came home and we went back to like do her playing and me working under one roof and then a, a neighbor of mine was like oh you should pay for a dog walker and i was like okay but i was paying like 25 dollars for a 30 minute walk and i was right <laughs> so Whoa! Had,
0: yeah so you know like i had taz and penny at the time i was paying 50 dollars. i'm sorry I think it was forty five dollars for an hour for the yeah. two of them, um, because I same thing. I was stuck at work. John was stuck at work. Penny was still like one a little. She was still kind of puppyish. Yeah, yeah expensive and just to do it three days a week—that's insane.
2: Well, and yeah, and I was still taking her to my apartment complex dog park like four or five times a day, same. Same. and I was like, I'm doing all the work, and I'm spending I'm spending a lot of money per day. And so then somebody introduced me to the idea of dog daycare and I was like, okay, that sounds like a good solution. So I started taking her there, but even then I was taking her like nine to four, I was paying $25 and she was still coming home with a lot of energy. So I just started asking questions, um, which I feel like I love that people trust places, but I feel like we, we really advocate for asking like as many questions as you are up to. And so I started saying like, okay, I'm bringing her for seven hours but she's still coming home tired. And the daycare re- um, told me that they were crating her for four of the seven hours. Whoa. Yes. Yes. So Just so people like, know, cause I've also was in
0: the same situation. You think of doggy daycare, you imagine them running free, hanging yes. out. And, no, so. Penny, playing, and-
1: having the best uh, time.
0: Right. right, so I had the same situation with Penny. Somebody else had mentioned doggy daycare and I brought her and she came home and she was running rampant. I'm like, you've been gone for eight hours, like, I don't understand it. And that's, I did the same thing. I asked questions, and I asked the questions like, what do they do all day? And they were only being let out like 20 minutes every hour or every two hours. And then they would go into the pay. I'm like, I could just create her at home for free. Like yeah, what am I no. paying
1: for if I'm,
2: yeah, yeah. And I found out that like once once this place was built and I did more research, I found out that the crate and rotate model is very standard for the industry. But like, for me, I was like, the, I, no, <laughs> so I asked them, I, I basically negotiated with them. And I said, if I, what can I do? Like, can I bring her for the whole 12 hours? And if I do, what does that get me? And basically they were like, okay, if you bring her for 12 hours, we'll guarantee her six hours of play, but she still had to be in the crate on and off for six hours throughout the day. And that was the best I could negotiate. And we did it for nine months. Cause that's all I could do. Right. Um, Yeah. So then in the midst of that, I started doing some research and I was like, man, if I could work and and she could play, but we could somehow be under the same roof, like that would be ideal. Like if someone could supervise her. Um, And so I I literally just went to my apartment complex dog park, went to the local free dog parks, and I just started bothering people. And I was like, hey, (laughs) if if there was a place for you to work and for your dog to play, like, would, would you go and, um, I got an overwhelming amount of yeses and I kind of just, I started looking like, can you do Creighton free, Creighton kennel free daycare? Like, is that, a, is it an option? Is it safe? And it's not done very often, but I mean, knock on wood, four and a half years in, I can tell you that it can be done very successfully and safely. Um, and so I just kind of started picking apart the stuff that I was looking for that I couldn't find already. And then hurricane Harvey hit. And that was a whole different thing. So I'm from California. So like, we don't have hurricane season and right. we barely, it barely rains. And so I was like, what do you do with a dog when it's pouring down rain for like days at a time? And everybody gave me the same answers, which I think are so funny. They were like, take him to Academy, like take him to Home Depot. We do like, Home Depot. <laughs> we do Home Depot. <laughs> it's, that. it's so common and it's fine. But like, what are you going to do? Like let Penny run around and up and down the aisles? <laughs>
0: She tries to go under the grates like and like that. she sniffs everything. Like yeah. she loves it.
2: <laughs> and I mean, it's a fine option, but like you still are in total control of them. And so right. I was like, listen, I want a co-working space. I want a daycare where they can run around all day. I want somewhere to go when it rains or when I'm, hot. It's 110 degrees. Also. Right. So that's the other thing too. I don't think we kind of, um, mentioned
0: to that your place is in indoor. I mean, now it's outdoor, but when you started, it was yeah. indoor. So it's funny to hear you go through this because I'll tell you right now, what attracted me to you as I was driving down South Congress, I saw signs that said indoor dog park AC and I was yeah. like,
2: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So- and this nice <laughs> seven foot sign now serves as the like thing you drive by. But I did, my dad was like, if you don't put air condition on there, nobody's going to come. <laughs> that, that's what drive- me and Sarah literally like I got back. Cause I was after my lunch break, I, w- I went to
0: kickboxing. And then I got back and I was like, Sarah, come here. Cause Sarah was going to the same daycare. Leah was not Sarah <laughs> <Leia> <laughs> was going to the same daycare as Penny was. And she had the same problems and you know, Leah's crazy, right? Like yeah. she has so much energy. So we literally went to your website and we both booked our same days so we can drop our dogs off at the same time because they knew each other. We're like, all right, let's see what this was. And I remember it said, and I think your website is a little different now, but I remember it said that like you don't crate and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, like, hopefully this works. Like she won't be like, you know, r- running rampant when she get home. And she was so tired I
1: love when it. she
0: got home that first day. And I immediately was like, that's it. I'm not going to the other place. We're going to work in Wolf. <laughs>
2: Yeah. It just, I just felt like, and, and if you look like through my industry, a lot of people are like, you should never overtire them, this, that, and the other. And I tell everybody the same thing. There are like three quarters of a million pets in Austin and our capacity tops out at like 85. So I would say like, you can't possibly tell me there aren't 85 dogs in Austin who could benefit from this style of daycare. Like, of right. course there are. Like there's something for everyone, and I I wanted to provide a place for parents who had dogs who were like, yeah, let them run for 12 hours. It's cool with us. Like exactly. we're good. And here's
0: the thing, like people, it, it's funny to me that you say that because in the industry, people do believe that dogs need to rest. I'm very much like if my dog's tired, she'll put herself to bed. Penny puts herself to bed every
1: night at 8 o'clock. Like she's <laughs> like that's it. I'm done I'm going to bed. Like they yeah. know. So I was, was going just- to ask that because I'm not a dog owner, although my husband is actively trying to get <laughs> us a, a dog. Um, I mean, I grew up my house with my parents had a dog, but I've never been like a dog owner myself. So I guess I just, from what I see from other people, like when, when, when I'm at my parents' house and my sisters bring their dogs. My parents' dog will be like, F you, I'm going to go lay down. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. I, I guess I just assumed that, that when they were tired, even if there was things to do or to play, that they would be like, I'm going to take a nap right now. Is that not, I guess, the, the case? It kind of depends. it kind of depends. Most what we look for is
2: we look for dogs who have the ability to self-regulate. Um, and like it's harder when they're younger. They don't want to self-regulate as much because they they literally have FOMO. Like we posted a great TikTok yesterday of our fence. It has like a little gap oh my in it. God. And like, <laughs> yeah, with the three heads, like they are always like, What are you doing? But like for the most part. Our indoor facility, the building is 7,000 square feet and it's divided between an indoor play yard and a co-working side, kind of that's where I'm sitting. And then the outdoor yard is about 7,000 square feet. And in 7,000 square feet, there's plenty of space for dogs to remove themselves if they don't want to play. So we have like outdoor beds and indoor beds and lots of shade. And so what we find is more, once they get comfortable with us and once they get to know us and they know that they can sleep and that they're fine, they will kind of take themselves to the outskirts of the yard and, or they'll sit with us. We also have side yards, both inside and outside. So if we feel like a dog like is sleeping, but doesn't want to be bothered by the other dogs, we can move them into a separate space. Or conversely, if like everybody is sleeping, but one dog is like pouncing on them, like we'll <laughs> remove that dog. Uh, we have a Rottweiler. He's so sweet, but literally he'll just like walk in between the dogs that are napping and like bark at the top of his lungs.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Like, okay. like, wake up and play. Right.
2: And I'm like, leave them alone. They don't want to <laughs> play with you. But yeah. And so that's, and that kind of stuff just comes from being with them. One of the advantages. To us, that I think really separates us from everyone else is that we don't board, so we're daycare only. And what that means is we have a lot of people who come really regularly, like Penny did, and we get to know them a lot quicker. And we get to, and we know, like, okay, they'll want to, you know, he'll play for five hours and then he's toast and he wants to go lay down. And that allow uh, the more knowledge you have about them, the easier it is to care for them and give them that kind of individualized attention. Um, so. I have um, I always tell the story
0: that because I, I think it's hilarious Penny got you Penny got used to the drive there so she would know when we would pull in and all I had to do was like open my door or open her door and she'd run right in without even like saying goodbye to me oh, yeah. like she didn't need me to let her in anymore and it was like hilarious I think I have one video I should find it where I think I text you and you open the door so to see <laughs> if she would actually go in on her own and she did. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. It's the sweetest. We always say it's like the sweetest, most highest form of like compliment for us is like when they start whining, when they pull in, cause we're in the back of a, the complex. So as soon as they turn in, they start crying because they want to come in. It's just, it's so sweet. It is. Oh my gosh. Is.
1: That's adorable. I love that. What a great concept. Um, that's just a great, I don't know. I guess I've just, I've never heard of anything like that until Nikki started talking about it. Um, so I just think the concept of it is is so unique and it's just great. Thank you. I think that we got really lucky. I
2: think we were a little ahead of our time. Like Nikki honestly, like jumped in and was like such a big cheerleader and like so supportive from the get, but we spent a lot of time, especially (laughs) in that first year, kind of explaining what we were doing because nobody had heard of it the education process for us as a business was, was really steep. And we had, and even now, like we do a lot less explaining, but we still kind of have to walk people through. But I just think like with COVID, what ended up happening is that people needed a place to work and they were so sick of their houses. They couldn't go to coffee shops. They didn't feel comfortable at co-working spaces. And so being able to come here, cause we only have 18 desks and we have like a couple of private offices and then we have seating in the open area. So like We found that a lot of people who had nowhere else to go, but really needed to get out of the house, we were that safe place for them. But also post COVID, we've had to explain a lot less that we have a place that they can come because our clientele is split between people that have a place to go for work and they have an office. And so they just want to utilize us from daycare. then we have a lot of people who work from home. And they either want to be here while their dog plays, or they just want their dog out so they can work in peace. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I think we just got really lucky that we were built for COVID and we we didn't even really know it yet. Right. I was yeah, no, ask,
1: that is awesome.
2: Um, so when you were doing your
0: research to do all this, what were kind of the things that you were looking up? Obviously, like I'm more, I'm kind of interested in, okay, so you did the research on how daycare facilities work in general. But was there anything that because of what you were doing it being new, was it harder to kind of figure out if you could do it? Like what were kind of the steps that you took to, you know, ensure that you would be able to do this?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, so on Saturdays, we do an indoor play park. And that was, I never set out this is funny too, but like I never set out to build a daycare. Like I really kind of only wanted it to be a co-working space and an indoor park. And so a lot of the research was trying to figure out if that combination was even possible. Like I had, I hired someone really early on and I wanted to basically have the indoor play park available seven days a week. Um, because I thought, you know, on a rainy day or a super hot day, people will be able to come in. But what we were finding out is that, um, bringing strange dogs and people into a group of dogs that are, had already formed probably wasn't very safe. And so I had to do a lot of research about stuff like that just because I didn't have a dog, you know, prior to this. So like I had a year of dog ownership in order. And so I didn't have the knowledge that I needed. So we, and basically because the concept had never been combined before, I was individually researching the concepts to see if they could meld together and daycare hasn't changed too much. Coworking hasn't changed too much, but the indoor play park, we've had to maneuver a lot. And now we've gone from seven days to just one. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, with that, we do a lot of, uh, like private rentals. That's been where the success of the indoor park has been is like, we do business launches, birthday parties, going away parties, um, functions like that. Um, and so we, we say we're indoor dog park, but also like indoor venue rental, um, and we do like breed meetups for you know dogs that uh like Frenchies and pugs and stuff who can't really be out in the summer. Mm-hmm. um so that's where the most evolution has come. so the co because I'm sure everybody's listening to this and is going to think, well, how do
0: people co-work while dogs <laughs> are barking in the background? <laughs> um, you what know, kind of research did you do for that?
2: <laughs> not enough, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> We're being honest. Um, yeah, I, because, and you've been in my building, but my building is like one very huge open space. And we have a couple of offices like right behind me, um, that are enclosed, but, um, soundproofing was one of the things that I I think I like, I almost didn't prepare people well enough in the beginning. And then also like, I just, I don't think I gave the co-working space, like enough justice of what it could be. And so I was always so afraid that people were going to be so upset with me, but what we found is the people that come and co-work who like us the most get it, just get it right. You're a dog owner. So like, right. and if, again, with COVID, when everybody was stuck at home, it used to probably be like a little bit more unacceptable or whatever, that your dog would be barking in the background or something. But now with COVID, you know, we got to the point where like, there was just nowhere to go. So people kind of loosened their like, oh
1: no, my dog's barking in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, you hear dogs, dogs barking, kids screaming. Right. It's all like normal now. Yeah, it is super normal. And so
2: <laughs> we have everything when you close the door into the offices, it's very quiet. I had a criminal defense attorney do Zoom court all of 2020 and all of 2021 from my offices. And the judge, I mean, he asked the judge a couple of times, like, is there anything in the background that's like preventing you from hearing me? And he was like, no, it's fine. Like, so yeah, we found that people were a lot more tolerant of it, but, um, if you can hear them, absolutely. (laughs) Um, but like even right now from about this time of year to May, the dogs play outside exclusively. So just today it's me and the other coworkers and my staff in and out. So we also tell people, we prep them a little bit more when they come in, just being like, hey, the dogs are inside today. There's an elevated noise. I've put you in an office to like mitigate that, but you may still hear. Um, But then otherwise, if people are really sensitive and they're on the phone all day, I tell people like "Uh, October to May is the time to come co work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I also feel like, I mean, the way, you know, I mean, AirPods, they have like a noise canceling. Right. I mean, obviously you could probably still hear it, but I feel like there's also devices now that can kind of help with, with that.
2: Yeah. We have, I mean, I would say from two, even two years ago, we have virtually no one who complains about the noise. Like we had a couple of people come in and be like, Oh my God, this is horrible. (laughs) But then really, since then, like people have been like, Oh, it's nothing. Oh, it's like, it's not bad at all. We don't care. Like, yeah. So it's about finding the right people I think for you too.
1: Well, yeah, you're not going to be for everybody. Um, You know, not everybody is going to enjoy that, but there will be. Obviously, you've been in business for you said four and a half years, so obviously, there's, I mean, a market for it in Austin, and I'm sure other cities. Yeah,
2: yeah. That um, that's been kind of the focus uh, now for me personally is just seeing if this concept has the legs to expand. (gasps) don't see Nikki's face coming up north. Are you coming up north? (laughs) I I would love to. I I have. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about doing it myself, but like I, we're looking into the, the possibility of there being more of us, whether it's North Austin or whether like Houston or I looked at, we're looking possibly at like Colorado and stuff. Um, because I think that again, I think that I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan of not worrying about competition. Like we, if we bring a dog in and they're not right for us, like I will be A facility that will be like, hey, we know people at X, Y, and Z facilities. You might want to try them instead. And I, without sounding anything, I just, I just feel like we do that more than we feel like is done around us. Like, yeah.
0: um, Well, because you're also in the business of trying to help owners, you know, deal with. I shouldn't say deal. Help owners facilitate how to take care of their dogs during the day but also making the dogs comfortable. So like if right. you're aware of somebody that can help out in that situation, I think that's good for business, right? Because they're not gonna have a bad, you know, experience with you because you were helpful. Like it wasn't right. and I also I kind of want to go to that point too, because you and I have talked over the years as well. Like you've texted me or, or you tagged me in things too, that some people are just mean, like <laughs> or just don't understand like what it is that you're trying to do. So let's talk about that. Like how has it been with disgruntled clients? Cause I feel like there was a time period where you were kind of dealing with that and not just the clients, but you had another business with employees that were actually talking negative about what your concept was. Do you remember?
2: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> How much time do you have really? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we, in the beginning it was tough because we had just anytime we did anything, like if we introduced like a new extra service, if we threw an event, like it would be like a matter of days or weeks later that we would see that exact same thing pop up within other businesses. But also, um, there's a f- couple of Facebook groups that deal with dog parents in Austin. And there were times where people would just blatantly say horrible things about me. And I was like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I would be, I would be like a, yeah. like a keyboard warrior, but like, you right. don't know what you're talking
0: about. My dog like, it would be awful. And here's the thing. Like, I love how the com- the camaraderie that came from you. are like, you'll suggest other businesses where these other business, and I don't think they were the
2: owners. I think they were employees Yeah, would yeah. go and just talk shit. But like, for what reason? Right. Because again, like, especially with this, I know exactly what Nikki's talking about. And this <laughs> business was based like, 40 minutes from me. And like yeah. one of the things so that they weren't I weren't even a competitor, no, we don't consider them a competitor any at all because they were out by Lake Travis. And so like when I did my research for opening this place is one of the, st- one of the statistics that stood out was that most people don't drive more than five miles for a dog daycare. So like in our case, like we're never going to compete with someone out by Lake Travis. It doesn't make right. any sense. And, but yeah, this person said some stuff about me and I was like, listen, you've never even stepped foot inside my facility. You have no idea what you're talking about. And by the nature of who, who we are and what we do, because we allow coworkers in there's nothing that the people like you can come in and see and touch every single thing in my facility. There's nothing behind closed doors. There's nothing that you can't see. We're out in the open. Our offices overlook the outdoor yard. So even inside working, you can see how my staff and the dogs are interacting. Like I have nothing to hide. Right. If I Like, and so for you to like, for you to never walk in my facility and say all these things, I was like, I invite you to come in and let's talk about it face to face. If you're going to say something about me, let's just be done with it. But we had a, we had a lot of issues the first couple of years. I had people openly come into my facility, tell me that they wanted to partner with me and then turn around and, and attempt to build concepts that mimicked mine.
0: And it like, trying to steal your idea and make it. Their yeah. Own. It
1: sounds like it was a bunch of angry people that wish they had come up with your idea first. <laughs> Well, right. And again,
2: I'm so like, I'm an open book. Like I consult on the side with people that are trying to do similar things to me. And like, I will tell you anything you want to know, but like in that case, I just wish they had said, Hey, we're really interested in what you're doing. And we want to build something similar. Like, can you talk to us about it?
1: Right. Um,
2: but I mean, even, even as recently as like a couple of months ago, um, I had somebody come in who did not like me, did not like my facility and walked around and took photos of the things that she disagreed with and put them all over the internet and said what? Like this place is filthy. It's disgusting. The ceiling's literally falling down. Like, I mean, real, I mean, you can go find it for yourself, but like really (laughs) horrible things about me and like behind, like she, so my desk, I mean, my desk has a lot of shit everywhere, but most people do. Right. But again, like (laughs) She went behind my desk and took photos and like put them on the internet she like there were there was a cleaning bottle and a paper towel on the kitchen counter she said that I had chemicals everywhere I mean it was just like I think it, I remember
0: this yeah I this was not ahead. that long ago like yeah
2: it's just and it, pur- yeah and it just hurt my feelings because one I'm a dog daycare so what is behind my desk does not affect my ability to take care of your animal which is the primary reason you're coming here. And the office that she was sitting in was clean, had been sanitized, vacuumed, dusted, all these things. So again, it's not like the building, it's not like the room you were in was like underdressed. I had a right. ceiling tile that was like hanging just a touch. And she was like, the ceiling's literally falling down. And I, I was like, I can't
1: tell you any office that I've been in where there's not at least five or six of them that look like they might come down. <laughs> right <laughs> Here's the thing, I do not own this building. So, like
2: in some respects, like I'm at the mercy of the world. Yeah. And so it was just, but it was one of those things. And I I I literally just said, I was like, this hurt my feelings. Like, I'm a human being. I run, I'm I'm responsible for a team of six, you know, 50, 60 jobs, co-workers, and a seven thousand square foot building that's 40 years old. I was like, I do everything in my capacity. To be the best business owner, to be the best human, to be all these things, and I was like, and walking around and taking photos. Also, we don't serve food, so like, I don't care that there's a cleaning bottle next to paper towels on my kitchen counters. Like,
1: yeah, why would that matter? Yeah, it's like we cleaning,
2: don't. It's a cleaning bottle, like.
1: Right? But you're <laughs> and, also not preparing. It's not like you. It's not like you're a daycare for kids where you're also preparing lunch and snack next right. to a bleach bottle, right? Which and, again, it's the cleaning to sanitize. So, I mean, it's not like you were spraying food and then serving it to the dogs. Like <laughs> right. you have your ble- I mean, what? Yeah. And so, like, it is bizarre. And like, it's just, it's one of those
2: things that like people are always like, Oh, it must be so hard. I'm like, it's really not because like Nikki and, and Sarah, like I have amazing clients. Like they are people I've stayed in touch with. Like Nikki doesn't bring Penny here anymore, but like, we are not out of touch at all. <laughs> and, like, And I have amazing clientele. And so when stuff like this comes up, like I I get bent out of shape because it hurts my feelings. But again, like I have been blessed with like some of the coolest freaking people you can imagine. Like we are, we're a close community and that's been one of the biggest unexpected benefits of this. Something I just really wasn't expecting was to meet so many amazing people and be so supported by those people. It's been really cool.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So, so far, what, um. I guess I was going to ask what your biggest challenge has been as a business owner, but is it, is it the negative reviews or is there? Um, that's the
2: part I struggle with the most, just because like when you're a sole owner of anything, when you take ownership of anything, when somebody is so negative towards it, when you know, you're doing everything you can, it's really hard to stomach. I'd love to say that I've conquered it. I'm probably a lot better at it than I've been in the past but still like this wasn't that long ago. And like, it really, like it was, it was just really upsetting. Um, but I think the biggest challenge has just been, I, I mean, COVID was just brutal. <laughs> I was going to say, let's like
0: dive into how like, cause a lot of our own uh, business owners we've talked to, we talked about COVID and, you know, we talked to um, a few people like who just opened up and couldn't do much. You know, we had a hairstylist that couldn't do much. We had a Pilates instructor that was doing videos from home. Did you have any restrictions? I know it's a dog park, but were you closed down at all?
2: Yeah. So what happened was Greg Abbott initially left us out of his declaration. Like vets were allowed to open. And I think food stores, like pet stores and stuff were allowed to open, but there was no mention of boarding facilities at all. So it it was good and bad in that everybody kind of made their own choices. I had seen immediately after that happened, a bunch of my competitors put out notifications that they weren't closing down. And I was like, okay, but there were fines in place for businesses. And I was like, I just can't afford to be fined. Like I'm, that's what scared me. So we ended up closing from March 24th of 2020 to March 30th. And in that time I had been made aware that the city could clear you to open individually and so I made a bunch of calls, I had secured the number from somebody and I had made a bunch of calls and basically two days into us being closed, they, the city agreed to let me, uh, operate and they sent me a notification that I could put on my door that basically said I could open. It was my birthday on the 29th. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stay closed and like, you know, take a nap because it was just, so <laughs> stressful. um, and then we opened back up, I think on the 30th and we had a note taped to the door. However, what happened was I had provided the same, same information that had been given to me to other daycares, but the city wasn't clearing them. So what ended up happening is me, I had had six employees. I had a furlough force. So it was just me plus two. And they would both work in the morning and I would work in the afternoon. And one day they had left and code enforcement, the fire marshal and cops had shown up at my door and they were like, can you come outside? And I was like, I have seen too much law and order SVU to just step outside. Building. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, no, but you can come in. Like, yeah. And yeah. so they come in and they were like, we've gotten multiple complaints that you're operating and you're not supposed to be operating. And so I was like, competitors were calling.
1: And were yeah. Me, and
2: right? I, was, and I mean, that's what we think happened. And so I had given them a copy of the letter and I said, basically your city cleared me to operate. I swear to God, I'm doing everything as I should be. And so that was like the first week of April. And I continuously like my, this is what I'm saying when I have amazing clients, my clients used to park in my parking lot and call me and be like, yo, listen, you have the cops again and code enforcement's out here. Like, don't, cause we had like, at one point I had curtains up, we had the lights off, like, cause we didn't, I didn't want to get called on anymore. And so we had people being like, don't like don't open your door don't let your clients like in or out just like wait until they leave and my clients would sit in the parking lot until they left and then would come in like
1: it was just you would think though that they would make note right like there should have been a note in the system linked to you that says she's cleared the amount of effort and energy wasted sending all of those people right to check something that's already been checked and cleared It's like, we, we've already done this. Why do we have to do it again?
2: Well, and in terms of what was going on with COVID, we're talking about one employee and like 25 dogs. Like there were no people around. We knew that the dogs couldn't contract COVID or spread COVID. And so it was literally just me. So I was like, in terms of like, who's really making like massive violations? Like, I just didn't think I was, should have been on their radar
1: but right. I well, Somebody did. was reporting you. It's, it's somebody was calling you because you were allowed to be open and they weren't. Yeah. It sounds like,
2: yeah. And like, and it was just, I tell people, I'm like, I blocked most of April and May out because it was just like, we, cause, and what was great again about my clients is that they were like, let's, let's find a loophole for you. And I was like, it's so stressful for me to have to have furloughed four people, have to survive and pay my bills. And then also like try to find these loopholes in order to stay open. I was like, I don't want the stress and pressure to have to also do that. Right. So we didn't advertise, we didn't take anyone new in, we didn't advertise anyone new. We didn't take coworkers. It was like me and the same 20 dogs for like two months straight. And it was just, I mean, like there's probably too much information, but what the hell <laughs> um, in May of 2020, I did less. I made less money than the second month I was open ever. Oh, wow. Like oh, wow. it was, it was brutal. And so we also, it was like trying to figure out how to financially survive that. And like we had the PPP. I ended up taking out an SBA loan um, because I was like, I just, like, I'm family funded. And the idea, both of my parents' jobs were secure, but I was like, the idea that I would go to them and ask for more money, knowing or not knowing whether or not we were even going to survive the summer. Like I just, I couldn't do that to them. Right. And so we used the SBA loan and then we opened up to new clients. I think it was like June 15th or like end of June of 2020. And business just exploded. Um, I attribute a lot of that to the fact that we don't board. So it was great for us that everyone had to cancel all their vacations. Like (laughs) couldn't have been (laughs) been better.
0: (laughs) Well, Uh, also in that moment, right? Some people. Like schools were still not allowing children to come in. So I can't imagine if you have a puppy, for example, you know, or a young dog and two kids, one kid at home that you're trying to help maneuver them through their day with school stuff. And then you have a dog you have to take care of. Like, I need a a lot going
1: on. A
2: lot. It, it was. And like the guy that I mentioned that did uh zoom court, he had an eight-year-old and he had three eight-year-old Britney Spaniels. So he, <laughs> so he's trying to do court. He has an eight-year-old he's trying to do like zoom calisthenics. <laughs> like. <you know. laughs> so he had one office, his kid had another office, and then his dogs were with us. And I was like, I can't imagine, like, he told me multiple times, he was like, if we didn't have you, he's like, I don't know what we would have done. Like, we wouldn't have been able to survive it. And he was the only coworker I let in because again, it's just me and him and his kid and they're already together. And they were on the, you know, opposite side of the building, but like, it was just, I mean, for some people it was just unbearable. And so, and then we had a couple of people who got puppies during the pandemic because they were like, hell, we're home anyways. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) yep
2: (laughs) it was a very interesting time
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds like
2: it
0: but yeah so looking back through it all um and what you've like done in your research and and all that and I know that she just asked you like challenges like did you ever come face to anything that you were like okay this is it this is this is this is the final moment and then just kind of like got through it. I know we talked about COVID, but are there any other situations where that are similar to that, that don't have to necessarily do with like a pandemic? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. There's been a couple. I remember, I don't know when, I don't know the circumstances of what led me to it, but I was going to hang out with my friend in the domain and, and I had just had like a rough week and I called my mom and I was like, I just, I don't think I can do it anymore. And my my mom was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I just, the, It was the, I think I was working like seven days a week. I was working 12 hours every single day. And I just realized that like, this is just not sustainable. But at the time we were so new, I think it was pre COVID that I just didn't, there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. I was so burnt out because, you know, even now, like I'm a handler. Sometimes I, you know, do all of the HR and and payroll. I'm a janitor most days, (laughs) like, (laughs) I, you know, I'm a handy person. I'm, I'm everything. And I run, I don't, my employees don't handle the coworking side of the business. So like, I also handle all of the working side. I do all of the billing, everything. And I just thought like, I, I can't see myself doing this 86 hours a week for the rest of my life. And I just mentally, it was really, really tough. Um, and my parents were like, we did not invest all this money for you to quit. <laughs> so <laughs> you're gonna. Like, I'd love to, gonna. to say that I'd love to say that they were more supportive <laughs> in that moment, <laughs> and they're, and they're wonderful. Like they are the best people on the planet. But they literally were like, ah, uh, you're gonna have to figure it out. Yeah. But they also have a saying um, that if I'm not okay, no one's okay. Because I'm an only kid. Yeah. So if I'm not okay, you know, they're not okay. If I'm not okay, my employees aren't okay. Right. And so that's been like, that runs in the back of my head now as I'm four years in, but also I broke my leg last December and that was a, that was a wake up call for me. Um, it sounds so cliche, but like, I broke my leg because I was trying to work. Like we were trying to hire, it wasn't going very well as many people know, And so I was filling in all the gaps and I was working these six hour shifts outside with these dogs by myself. And one day I was inside and I slipped on water and I fell and broke my leg and that was it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And for me, that was a tough moment because I just realized that like, if something serious were to happen to me like that, or if I didn't make the necessary changes that the business would cease to exist really without me like i have amazing employees i am an amazing community but like truthfully i'm still a, in a lot of ways a one woman shop um mm-hmm. and and so that was just a huge wake up call to me and i luckily i got surgery and i'm totally fine but like it just it it made it changed a lot of the ways the business ran in 2022 because i had to think about you know the future of the business i had to think about how that affected me and you know, what I was capable of and what I needed to look at delegating more and all those things.
0: When I was, um,
2: when I was a manager
0: at my firm <clears throat> and cause I touched and did so many things, I const- constantly like wrote notes or, or had like lists or things because I would always go, if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, right. how is right. anybody going to know what to do? So like, I have this and my, I had a manager when I first started out in, in, Uh, you know, patent work that would say the same thing. Like she would always, and I learned it from her because she would always, if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, can anybody else do this job? You know, if they had to, can they pick up where they left off? So it sucks that you had to learn that in, you know, (laughs) a time where you hurt yourself, but it is a good concept to kind of keep because it's true. Like you want to be eventually at a point where your business can or should be able to run If you did even just to take a vacation, right? Like
1: yeah, like you have to have some some time to take off as well. Like I was thinking, like, can you go on vacation? Um, I I can.
2: It is a lot of work. Um
1: focus. Podcast interview.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's my friend Aaron. I'll be back at three. Okay. Um yeah, I one of the things that happened was when I broke my leg and I had gotten surgery and I knew that I was going to be cleared in like mid February. I booked a trip to Paris at the beginning of April. Um because I just I had been I had I couldn't get a surgery date. So I was down for like seven God, I was down for like set between 7 and 9 weeks, like where I could not leave my house. So my employees had to do everything and then I did what I could do virtually. Um but it takes a ton of preparation. Like I have pages and notes and all these kinds of things. And like, even still, like I had clients emailing me, I was in the middle of the Louvre when something happened and they they called me and they were like, we don't really know what to do. And like, it's, I always tell people like, I don't, I don't relax unless the business is closed, closed.
1: So That's like, what, yeah, my, so my husband is a business owner as well. And as a business owner, you're never on vacation. No. So, and and you don't, you don't get vacation when you're a business owner. Like you just, you just don't. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting because, um, we've changed,
2: we've changed a lot. Like I didn't used to close. I used, so we used to be open seven days a week. And then when COVID hit, we closed down on the weekends because I just didn't have the staff. And then we opened back up on Saturdays when we were ready. And so now we, Sundays are closed for training classes um, that are run by Every Dog Austin and then also private events. Um, But like we, thankfully, because we don't board, I closed down for like five days at Thanksgiving now. We closed down for like three or four days at Christmas. This year we closed, I think for four or five days for the 4th of July, because it fell on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like we've started to build that in, but I used to feel so guilty about closing the business like I used to I people are like are you gonna be closed I'm like oh only for a day or two and now (laughs) (laughs) I went to Orlando a couple of weekends ago and I was like okay we're closed and everybody's like why and I was like because I'm gone and they need a break yeah and so people are a lot our clients are a lot more tolerant of that now um because they also see me all the time like right so they know they were like we don't feel like you, we don't feel like a neglected if you take a day off for yourself. Like we feel like thankfully you take care of yourself so that you can take care of us. And there's yeah. just a lot more understanding, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. No, that's you have to take that time. Yeah. To kind of reset and recharge. Um, so I have another question. If you could go back and tell your younger self or somebody who is just starting to kind of figure out, you know, maybe I want to be a business owner. What would be one piece of advice that you would give? Um,
2: make sure that you are ready to really like never be not busy again.
1: <laughs> people, think, people think business owners such a glamorous lifestyle. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I I think I think the thing that I
2: find to be most important is like one of the reasons I think we've been so successful is that I built this out of something that I was looking for. Like I didn't I think sometimes I'm a huge fan of Shark Shark Tank. And I always feel like the products that do the best are something that somebody was experiencing in their life and then all of a sudden there was a gap. There was just something that wasn't there. And so they thought, well, maybe I can build this, like this working with was built out of a selfish need, I say it all the time. Um, But it just so happened that other people were looking for what I was looking for. But I think the reason that I, I preach that so much is like, is that if you if it's something that you were looking for in your lifestyle, that you couldn't find, it speaks to who you are. And it like your passion helps Care, cause like, if you don't have any passion, like you'll get burnt out so easily, you'll never come back to it. But right. like, it was so integral to what I was looking for in my life at the time that, um, that's kind of what keeps me going. Um, right. you do cause I, I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, this is really hot and trendy right now. But like, hot and, like the reason it's trendy is cause it comes and goes. And so like, you need something that you wake up every day and you're like, oh, this is important to me and that'll keep you working on it.
1: I love that. Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've heard a lot. If there's, if there's something that you're looking for that isn't there, it's because you were meant to build it. I love that. I, I
2: agree with it wholeheartedly. Like, and it happens to me a lot. <laughs> like, a lot of times I'm like looking for something. I'm like, why can't I find it? And people make fun of me because I have like 12 or 13 URLs that I've bought because like something comes up and I'm like, I'm going to build that one day. <laughs> and so I like put it off to the side because also like, I want work and work to go on forever, but in the event that it can't, I want to know that there are other things that I'm passionate about that I could move forward with.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and so I, I agree with you. Like, I think the best things come from, I always say on shark tank, the product that like did the best was a kid's poncho, like that you take to water parks. And she literally like took her kids to the water park, had a towel and like cut a hole in it. And then she made like a gazillion dollars. And I was like, I like respect the hustle, but (laughs) like what what about it? So simple. Yeah. And then they like went and licensed it to like every Disney Universal, like all those things. But like she was a mom who needed something in that moment and it
1: didn't exist. And she built it and like it was an empire. Right. Yeah, Um, no, my my mom and I always say, uh, so there's when I had my son. Um, 11 years ago, he had really bad. He was born with a lot of amniotic fluid, like in his lungs that he would cough up. Well, as an infant, you can't roll over or move or anything. And so if you're choking, you're going to die. Right. So we would maneuver him. We may, we made shift. At, and I don't know if you know what a docot is, but docotots go for like hundreds of dollars. Oh, wow. Years and years and years ago, my mom and I make shifted that. <laughs> and we never did anything with it, and now, like, we're like, well, what the, f-? we have the idea, right, I have uh, a
0: right. similar, I have a similar thing, too, and it gets me every time when I tell this story, John and I went to a concert at, um, what was it, Yankee Stadium for Garth Brooks, and I had worked all day, but for whatever reason, my phone was, like, dying, and I was like, wouldn't it be really cool if you could just, like, rent a locker space or rent something. I could lock my phone in and charge. And then like three months later we came to Austin to visit. Cause it was before we moved here and every bar on rainy street had this. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> like, I literally We're have like this a
1: portable up- charger now that they just sell for a million dollars on Amazon. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, over the years there's, you know, when Gavin was a baby, I had all the, and now I see these, these products and I'm like, what the, that was my idea. That was my idea. That didn't exist 11 years ago, but I freaking makeshifted something that that exact thing. I love it. I had somebody tell me they thought
2: of this concept like 20 years ago, but they, they were like, there's no one had heard, like even four and a half years ago, no one had heard of this. They were like, we thought it would be so cool. Like 20 years ago, but we just like never pulled the trigger. And they were like, good for you. And I was like, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, no. I was like, it was scary four and a half years ago. I couldn't even imagine trying to pitch it 20 years ago. <laughs> so it's funny you say that because
0: before we found you, before we even knew the concept of daycare, we used to go up to, um, what's the bar one? Uh, oh, Yard Bar? Yard Bar. We used to bring Penny and Taz all the time. And But the days that it was raining, we refused to go there. And John and I started talking about the concept of an indoor dog park. And we would talk about how would we clean the floors, right? Because <laughs> that was the biggest thing. And that was the one thing that we couldn't, like, we already were like, all right, we need a warehouse, right? Yep. And we just need to figure out. And we started. it's like, what about a drainage system, like a shower, like the floors would have little drain stations, and then we could just like clean. And I was like, yeah, but like we would throw around and he had mentioned turf at some point and then like we kept going back forth and then I think it was like a year after that you had opened yours and I was like John that was like our idea.
2: oh my gosh man if I could put drain floors in I would go back and do that in a heartbeat that was
0: that was our one concept
2: and then John because of John needed to make it more
0: complicated and he wanted to be able to like push a switch and it would just drain on its own (laughs) I'm like it's not a tub like we're not building
2: a giant tub like (laughs) oh my god amazing (laughs) with a
1: suction on the bottom it like sucks it out and like automatic sprinklers on the ceiling
2: I love it so an idea sprinklers
0: would come down wash the floor and then it would swirl around like a like a tub (laughs)
2: That'd We're be amazing,
0: talking, right? God, <laughs> invent that, Nikki.
2: Invent
0: that, yeah. <laughs> there yep. you go. If you need design for the next space, <laughs> I mean, listen,
2: <laughs> there's some things. There are some things I would do differently. That is for sure, especially with this building because it's old as hell, and you know we got flooded back in the Texas storm. Oh my
1: gosh
0: so i guess the next question heather loves asking this question about uh you could do it if you want to read the um because you just said that if you could do things differently no Um, you can ask it okay do you have any regrets
2: (laughs) um not not really um i you know it's it's a really small one i regret uh not closing on sundays until after Um And one because my parents used to call me all the time and they would be like, why are you open on Sundays? And I'm like, gotta make money, guys. Like, (laughs) gotta pay the bills. (laughs) Um, but it was so insane that I set myself up to work seven days a week. It was just nuts. Like now on Sundays I come here, I do a little couple of things in the morning. Luke and I like play outside and then we go home for the whole rest of the day. And like it's it's just amazing. Like I think I think my biggest regret is not building in more work-life balance for myself from the get because i was so afraid of what people would think which is so insane but like i really did think like the more i'm here the harder i work the harder i push like more people will have more respect for that and yeah there's this like glamorous thing about overworking that our society
0: is kind of what's the hustle yeah embedded in us as children and now that we're older we feel like we have to do this this was a hard concept for me and I was kind of in the same boat. I got like really sick and I was like, "You know what? I'm not doing this anymore." And I'm not a business owner. Just this is in my position alone. I'm like, "I'm setting boundaries. I don't want to I'm going to That's not the
1: that's the hard thing is it's the boundary setting and I feel like cuz I've seen it with my husband. So when I met my husband almost 9 years ago, he had his company then, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Um and so to watch him grow it, he very much would take calls all hours of the night, all weekend, because he's like, I'm, I'm pushing for this big growth now that, you know, um, that I can't, I can't be unavailable. And I think it's, I think it's, it's gotta be, you know, right. I'm, I'm either a new business owner or I'm going to hit this growth phase and I have to be, I have to be available so that my clients like me. And so that my clients keep, keep staying with me or, or this and this and that. And then you get to where you're 10 years in and you're like I forgot to set boundaries yeah and oh, it's like absolutely. people call my husband at 11 o'clock on a Friday night because their tv won't work and they're trying to watch a show and so it's gotten to I think Shane told one of the guys one time he was like how about you read a book or talk to your wife he's like I'm not coming to do a service call at 11 o'clock at night I'm in bed awesome. Yeah. Awesome. but he used to years ago, he would have gotten up yeah. and gone and done it but also at point, this-
0: Time. I like to think me as a consumer, as a client, I would not have the audacity to message right. someone or call them at Did eleven. Imagine
1: o'clock. calling somebody at eleven o'clock on a Friday night because you, your TV, TV won't work and you can't watch TV. He said, "Here's, here's a concept. Talk to your wife. Right, have like, a conversation I mean, with your wife. Come on, Google game, this. But it's yeah. it's the idea. And I'm I sure. Said, hold
0: on. The funny thing is, I'm sure they have another TV that they could watch in that house. Because, oh, I'm sure of
1: right. it. The the caliber of yes, I'm sure of it, but. It's just the idea of he, you know, a year before that he would have gotten out. I mean, he had gotten out of bed at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Um, one of the guys who works with him, Ryan, he does the same thing. If, if somebody calls at an ungodly hour, yeah. they go. And I'm like, you, I get like, you want to be like, we're here for you. But at some, at some point you have to set some kind of boundary yeah. Um, I mean during the dinner hour, you know, don't be available during six to seven or whenever we're having dinner. Like, put right. your phone down. But he's a- answering emails. And I'm like, none, none of what you're doing is urgent. I get to the client, it's urgent, but like you're not saving somebody's life right now. Like wow. Well, you're I, resetting their system so that yeah. they can they can yeah. wait because you're with your family. And so I feel like we're having the 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 conversations and the struggle of like that that work-life balance, because there, there isn't, there isn't one. And I feel like as, I mean, as a business owner, you feel that pressure more. So I feel like that an employee would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: I feel like I've had that conversation with John in the past with when we lived in Connecticut, I'm like, you're not a surgeon or like an ER doctor. Like, I don't understand why you need to go out there at nine o'clock on a Thursday night. We're not saving anybody's life right now. Right. And the other thing too, back to the consumer comment, like I can't see myself, like I think about it now, like if I need to do something, I I will, I will admit this morning, I did text somebody who did work at my house at like six 30 in the morning. And I literally started with, I'm so sorry. I'm texting you this early. It's just because if I don't do it now, I'm going to forget because I forgot for the last week.
1: I've done that. I've done that where it's like after business hours and I'm like, I am so sorry, but I'm thinking about it. And I keep forgetting and that's right. Yeah.
0: And I end my text message. Please respond to me when you have a chance. This is just me getting my thoughts out there. But, right. like, as right. a consumer, I can't imagine demanding that response that early in the morning or that late at night. Also, you have a family. These people have, like, they're humans, right? right. Like, they have to have plans and family and stuff that they need to do. Like, I've done it in the past. John's in the past. He's like, I'm sorry, I can't not not in this his current position, but in position, I'm you know I'm having dinner with my wife. You'll have to wait till tomorrow. Right. Like, fine, but like, yeah. there's there's no push for I don't know. It's just I about- tell, yeah.
2: I know I tell a story all the time. My so my dad owned an HVAC company from like '97 till late last year, and we were on my college campus and we were on a tour. I wasn't even going there yet, and we got lost. Because he took a phone call and stopped and I stopped and we lost tour to guide and the group. And I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? I was like, I have no idea. We've never been to this campus before. I have no idea where we are. And he, and he took a call and I just remember going home and telling my mother, like, get him to get his life together. He should never have taken that call. Nobody was dying. And like we got lost and like we had to go find them and stuff. And they're asking me, like, oh, what happened? I'm like, my dad took a phone call (laughs) in the middle of this when nobody was dying. Like it's HVAC. You know, again, you are not a surgeon. Like I am not, we always tell people, we're not trying to cure cancer here. So like,
1: relax. Well, and I get people get upset when things don't work or I get the frustration, you know, behind that. But again, you can't expect somebody to work 24 7 and, and, you know, drop what they're doing um, for, for stuff. I mean, last night was the first night in a long time. So um, Shane got home from work and sat down at the table to continue working. And at like seven, he came in the living room and he's like, got Gavin downstairs and he's like, we're going to, you know, hang out and, you know, as a family. And um, so he had to leave the house this morning at six o'clock because he had a bid, he had to get out by this morning but he's like, I cut working to have like family time. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> Amazing. What a concept. <laughs> I, do, I did feel bad though. Cause he did leave the house at six o'clock then this morning,
0: yeah. which
1: I'm like, would it have been better for, I mean, it probably would have been better for him to have just finished last night and then actually slept. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Yeah, He makes me never want to be a business owner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is rough sometimes. <laughs>
0: All right. So we're going to be mindful of time. And I think this was really, really great. And honestly, I'm so excited that it's you like last, like you're in four and a half years and it's just been, it's been such a pleasure watching you. Honestly, oh, I love all the things you do. TikTok videos and all.
2: Oh um, my gosh. Thank you so much. And, well, I have one final
1: question.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Before Nikki
1: <laughs> does oh, her little, thank you. <laughs> Um, so what is one thing you used to apologize for in the past that you are unlikely to apologize for now? Um, well, we just hit on it, but
2: honestly, for me, it's boundaries. Like I, it's never been my strong suit. Um, having employees has really helped with that because like, I'm, I'm a giver. Like I, I very much like when you tell me your problem, like I internalize that and I want to help and I'm a fixer that I get that from my mother. Um, (laughs) But a lot of it is just like, like I said earlier in the interview, um, my parents really instilled in me, like if I'm not okay, no one's okay. And that has really been the thing that drives me in terms of setting boundaries with people. Like I don't take, I, I do answer my DMS at night, but like, I do not take the work phone home with me. Um, if, if I have the phone in my hand and it's seven Oh two and someone's calling me, as long as it's not a parent who has a dog, that's still there, like we do not answer the phone. Um, okay. like, we, yeah. Like we're really like, I I really tell people like, Hey, if you can't make it in between these things, or you can't accommodate the policies we have in place, like we cannot work with you. Like I got a phone call the other day really. And he said, Oh, I can't make it to the evaluation by eight, which is our last slot. And he said, so I'm going to come at 12. And I was like, Nope. (laughs) And like, normally in the past, I would have met him halfway, but the answer was no, like I cannot do this for you. Or like, we have people who are like, Oh, Hey, can we like come at six 30 in the morning? Well, we don't open till seven. So the answer is no. Um, you know, and we, it, it, it's been, it's been really hard. It's something I struggle with every day, but I have found that I am in a much better space mentally by really, well, and you have to,
1: you have to do that because if you make an exception for one person, then you have to make an exception for correct somebody else and then now you're making exceptions for everybody
2: right Mm -hmm. and it can get it can spiral out of
1: yeah it can spiral out of
2: control very quickly and um I want to be here for a long time and I want to enjoy what I do for a long time and the only way that I would be able to achieve that is by having some stricter boundaries yeah it's perfect I love it so where can people find you um, that's great. We have a very, very active Instagram. It's working with ATX. Um, we're also on TikTok. Um, you can go to our website, which is working with ATX.com. Uh, uh, but yeah, those Instagram is probably where you're going to find us the most. We have up-to-date information. We post lots of silly things. Even if you don't have a dog or don't plan on using us, it's very entertaining. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy
0: schedule to do this for us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much.
1: It was, it was really great to hear what you're doing. Um, It's such a great concept. I love it. Thank you so
2: much. No, this was wonderful. I appreciate you guys having me. Great. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. You too. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye bye guys.